Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 457 now of the Ron and Don Show. And heck yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going we're gonna to talk about hospitals having to do something differently. Have you guys seen this? Even in local hospitals here in Seattle, they are inundated right now, not just with COVID patients, but also with mental health patients, and they don't know what to do. Wow, there's one particular hospital that thinks they know what to do, and we'll tell you about that coming up. Also, uh, a real badass friend of mine uh, just passed away. Um, She's a mountaineer, and she was also a mountain climber and an incredible skier. In fact, she was one of National Geographic's adventures of the year. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about Hillary Nelson and the great life she lived for 49 years. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Mitch Weeks is here. And uh, Ron, (laughs) this is crazy. We wake up this morning, interest rates are at 6.7%, and people are freaking out right now when it comes to buying or selling a home, right? Yeah, so Mitch, uh, people are freaking out, not just about the home, but the economy in general. Can you give people just a broad umbrella view of why interest rates keep going up and up and up and and is it tied to like what i'm paying at the gas pump it is a little bit yes and part of it is inflation every time we see inflation in this country we also see a rise in interest rates obviously banks aren't going to want to lend out money if it's not going to beat inflation if that makes sense so they're going to have to raise interest rates just so their money doesn't lose money over time does the fed actively want to cool down housing if they stated that we want housing to cool I don't know if they want housing to cool fully, but they do want rates to rise. And raising rates is a big thing in terms of giving us leverage later on. If we see um, a turn in all the markets, if we see a turn downturn in the economy, you can lower rates again, and that gives us a boost. But during the last... Um, last presidency. They lowered rates so far, obviously they got to near zero or to zero. And so we had no room to lower rates. So they're raising rates in an effort to give us some room to lower rates in the future. So the average person on the street, is it fair for them? I I see a lot of people, I'm trying to ask this question correctly. They see it, I think almost as a light switch. Interest rate goes up bad. Interest rate comes down good. Um, if it goes up, I don't want to buy a house. If it goes down, I do want to buy a house. Is that a good way to think about it? It is not, no. So what we're seeing right now is a slight softening in the market, which actually is a great time to buy. So if you can buy with, granted, the rates are higher, you still have to be able to afford the home you're buying. But we're predicting in about a year, rates will drop, which will be great for people who've bought a home now because they can stay in that same home they've bought and lower their monthly payment and just afford it a little better. But when rates drop, you may see a 
a rebound in housing prices. So if you wait, you might be getting a better rate, but you might be paying more for that house. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I was talking to a realtor who's up around the corner here in Queen Anne. It's actually a house that I'm interested in in buying. In fact, Ron and I have been talking about buying this house because this is the time to buy. And this realtor said something to me, and maybe you can explain it to all of us. He said, hey, my sellers are very motivated. They have already put money down on a place in Portland. Because we see some sellers now coming off the market, and they're saying, okay, I'm just going to go into the rental pool, and I'm just going to wait this out, and I'll, I'll sell this home a year or two years from now. This particular couple, they're older. Uh, they have already moved. This has been a rental for them, so they're going to sell. Uh, and he said, you know what we're willing to do? They're willing to buy down some points. When we hear buy down some points, what does that mean when a seller wants to help the buyer by buying down points? That's a good question. So buy downs are actually one of the great tools um, in a market like this that actually helps both the seller and the buyer. So you're seeing some price houses have price reductions right now. And that's something that no seller ever wants to do. But if instead they offer a, a seller paid buy down, um, just to run some numbers on that. So a million dollar house has an $800,000 loan. If they buy down the rate from say a 6.75 down to a 5.75, a full percent, that costs the seller $15,000. But that saves the buyer $500 a month. Wow. That's over 6,000 a year and over 185 over the life of a 30 year loan. So obviously a seller would much rather give 15,000 up front than 185,000, but that is the savings to the buyer. So it's a so huge win-win for both sides. Let me make sure I understand this. So what the so you, I want to buy a house, you want to sell a house. The interest rate is high for me as a buyer, that makes me feel weird. So I'm asking you, "Hey, will you buy down my rate meaning that that money doesn't come to me, the 15,000, I don't get that money. Who who gets that money?" Right. That is a one-time upfront payment to your lender to buy down the interest rate for the entire life of the loan. So they're prepaying interest out of the gate to buy down the loan. That's correct. Okay. So I've heard another one that is shorter term. Is it called a 2-1? That's correct. So another popular one right now is the 2-1 buy down, and that buys down your interest rate 2% for the first year and then 1% for the second year, and then it goes into normal current interest rates for the life of the loan. And so that one's really popular now because we're thinking interest rates might drop in the next year or two. So you'll have a really good rate in those two years, and then you can refinance out before your rate pops back up to current rates. So if people are thinking about this, how much below my current interest rate does it need to fall before it makes sense to refi? So let's say I did buy a house at six percent how low how much below six percent do i need for it to make sense for me that's a great question and it depends which way it's going to keep going because obviously it it's worth it to wait if it's going to keep dropping or it looks like it's going to keep dropping um, but what we're seeing is about 0.75 percent it makes sense as long as you plan to stay in the house for over two more years it's worth refinancing if you can save 0.75 on your rate yeah so what do we mean when we say we're going to buy something on an arm and is it a good time to buy something using an arm 
It is a good time to buy something using an arm, but it takes a little more guts because there is, uh, experts have been wrong before. And if rates do get up to 10% and you're stuck in that, that house, um, obviously you're, you're going to start paying well, higher let, and higher monthly let's payments. Let's explain what an arm is, adjustable rate mortgage. Yes. So how, an adjustable rate mortgage is tied to the current rates. And so... Most of them are locked for a set period. All of them are locked for a set period. So you'll get a slightly lower rate for, say, three years, five years, seven years. And then after that, every year, your rate can adjust. And so that's what when we see when we're looking at these things online, it says three slash one, five slash one, ten slash one. The first number is the numbers of years it's locked. That's correct. All right. So, so. As far as being a buyer right now, even though interest rates are up, you can buy on a 2-1, you can buy using an arm, you don't have to buy something necessarily on a 30-year fixed. For investors, you can even use just an interest-only loan if you qualify for that. What you're basically doing is trying to buy some time, because right now... There are more homes in the market. There are less buyers in the market. The buyers that are in the market are very qualified to buy. So that's a good news. That's good news for the sellers that are out there. But but really, if if you're buying now, be grateful that this isn't nine months or a year ago. Where I know, just time and time again, we would put in an offer. Seventeen offers would go down. We would be second or third place, and we'd be beat out by an all-cash offer. That's not necessarily happening right now. So it's a really good time for a buyer to step in and use some of these techniques that Mitch is talking about and and basically buying yourself some time until the interest rate comes down again, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it's actually a time that I think good agents and good lenders are enjoying because it allows us to be a little more creative to help our clients and it allows us to stand out a little bit. It's not just giving everyone a 30-year fixed at 2%. We can actually have some fun and see what the best option is for people to make some real money in the long run. And to close out this segment, we'll give you a real-world example. We had a buyer this year buying in Shoreline. She uh, heard about Mitch through this podcast and she called you and you were able to do, was it a 10 grand buy down? We, we were able to negotiate with the sellers. Yeah, no, as you're saying in this market, the buyers have a little more leverage to negotiate, which is huge. And yeah, she was able to negotiate 10 grand and ended up saving a lot of money for herself. Her monthly payment forward. went down by hundreds of dollars a month, right? Yeah, over $300. Okay, so that was a big deal to this particular buyer. It was a first time home buyer. Saving 300 bucks a month made the difference for her. And uh, she worked with Mitch because she listens to the podcast and we were able to put that deal together. And so uh, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, go to Mitch.loans or you can just call me anytime on my cell. It's 206-954-0043. But yeah, go to Mitch.loans, set up a meeting and let's figure out how we can help you. John and Lauren Greenland were longtime listeners of Ron and Don. So when they needed to sell, they called the guys and we're immediately glad they did. It really helps to have somebody who knows the market, knows the process, understands construction, that can just 
point you in the right direction. So I really appreciated that about working with the team. The Greenlands say, unlike other realtors, Ron and Don were intimately engaged in every step of the process, not only advising them on where and where not to spend money to get the house ready, but they actually rolled up their sleeves and helped out on projects all over, even hauling stuff to the dump. We actually felt like we were their only customers because of all the attention that they paid to us. They were all in with us on this project, including on a Sunday night when we would have a question. They were there every step of the way. Still, the bottom line was the bottom line. When I said what I thought we could get, they were just kind of dead silent. Like, you can get a lot more than that. So we were thrilled. And they did, closing for far more than they could have imagined. And the Greenlands say they got way more than just a great price. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. We love them. So when it's your time to sell, get more for your door. Schedule your Ron and Don sit down today at ronanddon.com. Check out the nation news at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 457. Don't forget, if you need us, just go to ronadonsitdown.com and uh, we can talk about your real estate journey today. I don't know if you've seen it in the news here in Seattle, Harborview, which is kind of the place that people go during an emergency, a great trauma center. People just don't come from Seattle or Snohomish or Pierce County. They come from all over the world. In fact, I remember a King County deputy sheriff being hurt in the surf in Hawaii, and we all got together, raised $67,000 on the radio, and we flew him to Harborview because they have a trauma center here in Seattle that they just don't have on the islands. And again, people come from Montana, they come from Idaho, they come from everywhere. And one of the problems has been is people have been coming that Harborview has just been packed, and they're packed with people because of the opioid crisis, they're packed with people because of COVID, and they're also packed with people just because of, of folks' overall mental health as we are still heading into another fall and winter cycle of COVID. I think what, what's really interesting as we look around the country, we see hospitals and some police departments trying to reimagine themselves, and in fact, in Denver, they have a group now of eight vans that go out and they respond to 911 calls that where they think that somebody is having a mental health crisis. And instead of sending a police officer, uh, they send clinicians that are prepared to deal with folks' mental health. They've been doing it for two years now. And so far, the results have been great. In uh, these teams that go out, if they need a police officer, they can call and still bring a police officer in. But they are having some great success right now with this program in Denver. We also see some ERs now saying, well, instead of closing, like many have around the country, and then redeploying to neighborhoods where people have money, and if someone steps into, in fact, you've probably seen these sprout up in your neighborhood where you're seeing these urgent care centers. They're, they're going to neighborhoods where they know people have insurance and, and can pay. And so in some major cities around the country, we've seen big ERs just, just shut down, which is incredible to me. Nonetheless, we've also seen a shift where some of these ERs are saying, you know what? We get so focused sometimes on people's heart muscle uh, and taking care of them during a stroke or a heart attack, but we don't pay attention to the brain. And according to neuroscience, that's a muscle 
too. And as a result of that, some hospitals around around the country are saying, hey, we need to be better prepared when people walk in the door to evaluate them and say, yeah, you're not having a heart issue. You're having a head issue, and we need to prepare ourselves for that. Yeah, I don't know if this has happened to you. I just had a, a physical done, like your annual physical type of thing. And for the first time in my life, one of the questionnaires I had to fill out before the doctor would see me was a mental health questionnaire. And it went through, have you had suicidal thoughts? Um, have you felt depressed or blue over the you know the last two weeks or a month? And you know the one where you have the little smiley face to a frowny face. How much mental distress or emotional distress have you experienced in the last period of days? And so, I at first I was like, why are why am I doing like I'm going in to get my physical? What is going on here? And then after the more I took these questions, like this is a cool innovation to try and see if someone's at the beginning stages of a depression or the beginning stages of feeling blue or down or anxiety that this doctor can intervene then instead of waiting for a crisis. And if, uh, if there are people out there, and I'm sure there are, most of us, if you have a, you or a family member that is going through uh, a mental, uh, emotional stress or depression or suicidal thoughts, it is it impacts so many people and the ripple effects from that when you're worrying about someone or you feel powerless to help them or a lot of times it's like well that person's an adult i can't you know i can't do anything i can't intervene or force them to get treatment or force them to be hospitalized or force them to go to counseling uh, it's a very helpless feeling for family members and friends it's a very hopeless feeling for the person going through that. And so I think to have this, this nudge towards destigmatizing mental health in the same way you said, it's great to be physically fit, but if you're not mentally fit to go with that physical fitness, it's meaningless. You could be the most fit person in the world, and if you're depressed or suicidal, why does it matter that you're fit? Yeah, it's a great point. I just uh, had the opportunity to host... Uh, kind of a live auction for the Fran Nordstrom Guild. And we raised over $300,000 for what? For mental health. And you know where that money is going? It's going to children's. They have a very special ward there. People come from all over the country to teach themselves, uh, especially medical professionals, to learn and to be taught about how to handle kids that are experiencing desperate times. And a lot of times parents just don't know how to deal with it. So... Uh, it, it, it's refreshing that this is being talked about. Women talk about it. My son talks about it. Kids talk about it. Men my age and older need to get better at recognizing it and talking about it because we don't always do a good job because we were raised by bootstrap parents where you bootstrap and you rub some dirt on it and you suck it up and, and all that. And, and I still believe in, in part of that. Sometimes you do need to suck it up. Sometimes you do need to, to bootstrap it. But there, 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 there certainly needs to be a balance here. Uh, and on Fridays, I, I spoke a little bit before this group, before we raised our paddles and raised money, and I took a spoon out of my pocket, and I said, you know, on Fridays, I, I put a spoon in my son's lunch, and there's nothing in there to eat with the spoon, and I carry a spoon around in my pocket. And it is a signal to him that after school, we're going to get ice cream today, 
And when we would go to get ice cream on Fridays, we'd check in on each other's mental health. It's something that he started, not me. He During during the pandemic, he had asked me how my mental health was. It's just a genius way to get ice cream once a Yeah, week. and I asked him, I'm like, how do you know to do that? And he said he had gone to the nurses uh, for something, and Nurse Jones said, hey, how's your mental health? And she asked him this, and she said, hey, it's it's important to check in on our bumps and bruises, but it's also important to check just check in on each other. And so he checked in on me after learning from Nurse Joan that you're supposed to do that. So now we do that on, on Fridays. We check in on each other's mental health. So anyway, let's make sure we keep checking in on each other, you guys. And we will check in with you in 60 seconds. Hey, it's Ron Harem with Mitch Weeks. Uh, you hear him on the podcast, Mitch.loans. Mitch, interest rates seem high right now. Is the housing market imploding? No, it isn't, especially in big markets like King County, Seattle, where we live. There's still a lot of people making a lot of money who want to buy. There are some buyers who are a little skittish, who are waiting for things to drop, but as soon as they see a little drop, they're going to pounce. So the most I can see in the short term is a tiny little drop. It's still a great time to buy. And with rates expected to drop in the next two years, then you can refi out and just be in the house that you purchased for a bit of a steal right now without the competition. Is there a way for me to get a a better interest rate than what I see when I look it up online. There are. There are a lot of solutions. We're talking about adjustable rate mortgages. We're talking about interest rate buy-downs and a lot of really creative things that uh, we lenders like to do in markets like this to so save money. It sounds like if I'm a buyer, I should not be in freak-out mode. You should not. No, you should keep looking and you should be grateful that you have an opportunity finally in this market to be a little patient and have a little power. All right. Reach out to Mitch, Mitch.loans, set up a meeting, Mitch.loans. Let's get you in the buying pool right now. All right, you guys. Hey, uh, welcome back to the Ron and Don show. You probably saw this on the, on the news last week that there was a young lady at the age of 49 uh, who uh, passed away. She was from the Pacific Northwest, one of the great mountaineers, one of the great climbers, one of the great skiers one of the great just outdoor alpine athletes and even know that she had lived out of state at the time that she passed away uh she is actually from uh seattle washington in fact back in my 20s i owned a very small little car dealership and i used to do some business with nelson chevrolet and that's where i met a young lady by the name of ann margaret nelson and hillary nelson who just passed away that's her sister uh, what's really amazing about that family is their their grandfather started Nelson Chevrolet and Cedro Woolley, and then also in Ballard, you may remember, it's where the dirt exchange is now, and he started it back in 1938. And these kids had decided as they were inheriting the business, because Ann Margaret ran it for a while, that, hey, you know what? We're, we're, we're going to sell this business and we're going to follow our dreams. If you've ever been in the car business, the car business is 24-7, seven days a week. It's crazy. And they said, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna sell our business, and we're gonna go live our lives. What's really amazing is Ann Margaret's brother went on to be a world renowned uh, model in New York. Ann Margaret is a world renowned photographer, uh, and her, her Ann Margaret's sister Hillary, who just passed, was a world renowned athlete. In fact, National Geographic back in 2018 uh, named her the National Geographic Adventurer of the Year. And can we explain what she did a little bit? Because I know this this has a, a, a not a great ending, but I think for people that don't follow this much, 
uh, you may have seen it, where someone would climb a big mountain like Rainier or even Everest, and then they're carrying with them skis, correct? Yeah, so she's a mountaineer, and to be a mountaineer, that means that, that you climb glaciers. That's what mountaineers do. And so what she would do is she would get up 26,000 feet, and then with her partner, Jim Morrison, and they were real renowned at this, they would ski back down. In fact, if you go to her Instagram page, you can see her with her GoPro camera. And it, it's I, I've always wondered how people are able to heliski and ski down mountains like that. And she can do it. And you watch her through the GoPro do it. Uh, and it's just, it, it's really amazing. And, and that's what happened in Nepal. She was over there. They were climbing, skiing back down. Her ski caught an edge. They believe she, she lost that ski. And uh, they recovered her body two days later. It was actually her, her, her partner that went up with a team from Nepal. And, and they recovered her body. I have to say this. I think what Hillary did, though, uh, is she opened the door for a lot of women in the, in the climbing community. It used to be if you went to REI, uh, and I've climbed a little bit, and somebody at Rainier have done some other things. Uh, a, a lot of times it was a man's sport or a male sport. And just coming back from doing the Enchantments, which is about a 22-mile trek of climbing, uh, running, trail running, uh, bouldering, lots of stuff to do up there. And it, it's a very difficult hike. The majority of people that were out doing this hike, though, or were climbing these boulders, it was women. I would say it was about 70% women. Uh, a lot of times when I have gone up to Camp Muir, for instance, out, out on Mount Rainier, so many women, and even on our climb teams when we summited about a decade ago, lots and lots of women have entered the sport. And I think it's because of the likes of Hillary Nelson. Anyway, there'll be people that are critical. She did leave behind a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old, and they wonder, what are you doing taking these kind of risks? Uh, and I get that and understand that. There are certain things that I used to do in my life that I don't do anymore because I'm a because I'm a, a single father. And so I get concerned about that, about leaving my son early and not giving him a good push into the world. Uh, but there was nobody better at what she did and the bottom line is this. She literally died with her boots on. And I think that's better than dying sitting on a couch, uh, drinking or eating your life away. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm really amazed at some of the things that she did, the doors that she opened. And then I also think it's really important what I, what I learned when I went and looked at her Instagram page. She was feeling some things about this particular climb where she didn't feel sure-footed on the mountain, and it felt kind of weird to her. And I went back, and I went for years. I looked through her Instagram page, and she had never written anything like that. So the, it, it's interesting to me because I just got done reading a study that said that we shouldn't follow our intuition. intuition. Uh, and I don't know. After reading that story and reading what she wrote and she put up on her Instagram page, uh, maybe we should. Anyway, she will be dearly missed. Uh, I know the Nelson family is is grieving right now, so please give them lots of room to do so. Uh, but I know that Hillary Nelson will be uh, dearly missed by those in the climbing community uh, and also 
those here in Seattle and Colorado and by our partner, Jim. So anyway, hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. This is the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, just reach out. Go to ronandonsitdown.com. If you want the newsletter, ronandonsitdown.com. If you want to talk about buying, selling, or investing, or even Airbnb, all you got to do is go to ronandonsitdown.com. Hey, we'll see you for episode 458. It'll be here before you know it. Head up, shoulders back. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Oh, on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.